You're listening to Art Happens Here, the podcast that explores the often curious and occasionally amazing art installations on, in, and around the campuses of Lansing Community College. I'm your host, Bruce Mackley. It's early March of 2017 and it's raining. I'm headed to work at Lansing Community College's downtown campus. At the time, I rose as creative director and I was involved in various campus beautification projects. They were all different. I'm using the word work lightly, but I'll get back to that later. I get a call and was asked how quickly I could mock up some design ideas for this thing that was recently donated to the college. I'm already on the highway, so I may as well proceed to our West Campus to check it out. That's where it was. The thing in question was a retired, decommissioned manufacturing robotic arm. Very unique, very singular in its presence. Uh, let's see if I can describe this thing. It was about nine feet tall, you know, with the, the orange paint, the, the do not get near me orange paint. It was old. I mean, it was, uh, it had almost a uh, retro 50s futuristic vibe, if you know what I'm saying. Whatever it did, nobody knew. I mean, the end of it, the, the tip of the arm had been um, taken off. So there it sat. Uh, the intent was for this object to become an art object representative of the college's technical expertise in an artistic way, kind of a beacon to uh, reside outside the doorway of our brand new Center for Manufacturing Excellence, which is um, it's a multi-million dollar robotics training facility at LCC West. The only one of its kind in the Midwest, I understood at the time. I think back to a former life in the uh, late 80s as a line worker in Lansing's Fisher Body Plant. It was an automotive coach builder for General Motors. My first encounter with manufacturing robots was at a section of the line known as the Spider Assembly. There were eight welding robots, four situated on each side of the assembly line. The car chassis would come through and stop, and each arm would dart around and quickly and precisely join its designated seams with welds. Each frame took, um, I, don't, I don't think they took more than 30 seconds each. It was amazing. I can remember the sound of multiple hydraulics and the snapping and crackling of the welding, and the smell of grease and scorched metal. For whatever reason, there wasn't much lighting other than, you know, the showers of sparks coming off the things. Uh, there was yellow painted warning lines on the floor to keep the humans clear of the action. Well, and at distance at any rate, the entire production resembled an enormous upside down mechanical spider. At that time, it looked like something out of a science fiction movie. Anyway, the machine I was standing in front of at West seemed categorically different than what I remembered from the welding bots. I mean, I suppose if they fed one steroids or something, you know, we'd get this, but who knows what it did. At any rate, I took some pictures, uh, headed back, took some pictures of the outside of the CME, and I mocked up what this might turn into. For as long as I can remember, I've been infatuated with the Tron movies. You know, first the, the first Tron in the 1980s and then the reboot. Mainly for the design, because I'm a sucker for keen art direction, and there was nothing else like it. And I thought, given the lines of our, our, our giant beast, maybe some of that could be translated graphically to this thing. I mocked something up, it went over okay, and the next phase was to figure out how to do it. Every one of these projects had a different flair, different expectations, different challenges. It was at once exciting and frightening. I always went back to one of my standout quotes, Argue for your limitations and you get to keep them. So we had to figure this out. And the first thing was to remediate that hideous orange paint. It looked like it had been through a war. There was a company that we used at the time. Uh, they helped us out with several 
several uh, projects on campus that were specialists at doing this. Uh, the facility was like, I mean, amazing facility for paint and refinishing and so on. So two and a half tons of robotic arm got loaded on a flatbed truck with a crane. Off it went. You know, there were things that they had to do to it. Uh, first thing first, they had to weld the joints together. They didn't want it to articulate anymore. It had to be a sculpture, a solid sculpture. And next was to, to drain it. I mean, there was grease and oil seeping out of this thing. I still don't know how they did it. I mean, imagine having to do that to clean it up, to get it prepped for paint. They suspended it, bead blasted it down to the metal, primed it, and applied the most amazing, beautiful, deep blue metallic paint. Clear coat. I mean, just stunning. This midnight blue, right? I mean, the day came when the paint cured, and I had, at the time, while the painting was going on, I was um, designing the graphics, you know, and what were the graphics going to be? Kicked around the idea of using fluorescent paint, you know, and stent, you know, frisket and airbrushing this thing, and you know, I didn't want to put a knife on any of that uh, that clear coat finish and disturb it. What we figured was appliques, stickers. Uh, but then again, Michigan's weather, you know, the freeze and thaw cycle and the heat and the, and the cold. How long would these things last if we went that route? Well, one of our other vendors, uh, a display company. Uh, recommended this uh, material from 3M. It was top drawer. It was industrial strength, reflective adhesive vinyl. And it was a real deal. I mean, um, white, it had like a, a metal flake in it, a white flake in it. Um, our goal was for this thing to just light up anytime headlights hit it out in the parking lot. So while the beast was being painted, I, um, I was designing graphics in Adobe Illustrator, you know, on a computer, the line work, and took the file, had the uh, graphics converted to for a plotter that trimmed those shapes out of the white 3M material. So I had a few sheets of these things and they look like odd shapes, donuts and hot dogs and weird lines and everything that I had designed according to the various services on the, on the arm, on the robotic arm. Uh, next step was uh, the best, uh, the funnest. It was me uh, on the floor, you know, three days on a filthy garage floor applying stickers to a giant robotic arm. I was a blast, I will not kid you. I mean, I, at one point I stopped and I said, I'm actually getting paid to do this. This is work, you know? What that process reminded me of was, um, you know, as a kid, you know, you put together these models, you know, cars or planes or whatnot, you know, the, the plastic models you glue together. And the best part, for me, the best part was putting the stickers on at the end. There was something ceremonial about it, right? And uh, that's what this reminded me of, but on a much, obviously a much grander scale. Got to know a lot of the guys at this, at this shop, and they were, uh, started out pretty concerned that I'd mess up their paint job. But uh, after a couple days, they, they saw the direction I was going in. And it really took on, took on some personality, and it turned out okay. It was installed, the flatbed truck came back with the crane, and there were hooks built into this beast to lift it. Not surprisingly, how else are you going to get it around? Out at West, in front of the CME, a pedestal was poured, a big circular pedestal, and power was brought in. An important note to make was what to put on the end of this thing. All this while, there were faculty and staff members at our technical careers division who were designing and fabricating a claw with a lightsaber, or an approximation of a lightsaber. Are you familiar with the Star Wars franchise? Who isn't? You know, something from my original mock-up. They built this thing, they ran conduit through the arm,
Um, the claw itself was machined from a single piece of aluminum, block of aluminum. Really cool. I mean, to have these tools, creatively speaking, at your disposal, it just, um, it's mind-bending, you know, possibilities, right? So they were working on that. Uh, they had um, a long rod of polycarbonate, hollow polycarbonate, with uh, they installed LEDs, and uh, that was installed on the tip of the arm, and the conduit was run through the machine, down through the, uh, the port pedestal. So, yeah, it's there. You know, they bolted it down, uh, it lights up. Yeah, at night it's lit up, and you walk by it, and you can't not look at it. it there's something, it's something uniquely weird about it. And it was, it was a blast. It was a lot of fun. That was five years ago. And uh, I was out there just last week. I enrolled for a creative welding class. Amazing facility, by the way. And um, I thought, oh, check this out. I walked up to it because I was curious. I wanted to see if the stickers had started cracking or whatever. Nope. Still looked like new. The stuff was outperforming everything. And it was uh, definitely the right way to go. So um, if you're ever around West Campus, uh, check it out. Tron meets the Iron Giant. If you want to check out what I've been talking about, just visit this episode at lccconnect.org. Edwin Land once said, Industry is best at the intersection of science and art. Art Happens Here is a production of LCC Connect. Thanks for lending us your imagination. <laughs>